welcome into this carrier update. I'm Tony Mulvey, joined by Donnie Gilbert. Donnie, going to start here looking at fuel prices, seeing again some declines, but they're moderate declines. I mean, we're talking less than a penny a day. The rack prices found some stability really for the last what three weeks, almost a month now. Yeah, so we saw this, you know, this little uptick right through here, mm-hmm. and we were concerned about this pushing fuel prices back up. What was the gap? What was the spread? Yeah. And, of course, it got real close, and we saw it go up one thousandth of a cent. Yep. But it stopped the decline. And if this had gone up any higher, we would have had fuel prices going up again. Yep. But, unfortunately, it did not. And we were able, as you discussed Friday, fuel prices started to go back downhill again. And we've had a few days here, again, where we're, we're still very, very slowly trending down. Now, we talked yesterday about, you know, Come the spring or the, the later in the springtime, we got a few months for the peak season for the, the summer times in, in full blown. Uh, and how much further will fuel prices go down? How will it affect rejection rates? Because yeah. this has a lot of pressure on rejection rates for the sheer fact of the fuel surcharges. So if we can, you know, at least come down 40, 50 cents between now and the beginning of the summertime, that's really going to help take a lot of pressure off these carriers. Now, it could also help prolong some of these carriers that are in trouble to kind of hang in there if uh, the NTI stays elevated and these fuel prices come down, and that could prolong this, uh, what we might call the bust end of the cycle. Mm-hmm. We're not in the boom, yeah. so we might as well call it the bust. <clears throat> and that could extend that, so it, it's you know kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah, when I look at this, right, I look over here at the rack price, right, 297 if you've really drew out the average line, it's right at $3.00 since, what, the first week in February. So we're talking about $1.40 on that spread. And it's like that, that's been that comfort zone, really, for state retail locations. Like, before it was like $1.10 to $1.20. Now it's up to like $1.30 to $1.40. Just given this, this volatility that we see in their cost at the rack price, they're wanting to make sure that they can offset some of this volatility by holding those margins a little larger, right? It's not that they're trying to make a bunch of money on fuel. They're just not wanting to get squeezed where that lose a lot of money on where fuel. that spread goes to 80 cents, right? And now it's costing them 20 cents a gallon in, sure. in cost. Let's look at that spread. Dollar forty. I almost said dollar forty one. So you were you were dead on, Tony. And you're right. When we see it now, before we talked about where I drew a line between like ninety cents and one ten, mm-hmm. and when the spread hit in that area, we saw prices prices go up. Well, that has been moved up, and we need to go back and evaluate it again and kind of see where we think they are. But you're right because of the volatility, they're they're not willing to let it get that close anymore. They're they're letting it down about a dollar twenty five, dollar thirty five, and then we're seeing fuel prices kick up because they don't, want, they don't want to get caught with the prices being too low. Yeah, it's a similar concept to what you see on like a CPG, on the CPG front, right? They let inflation kind of take its toll on their end, but now it's getting to the point where, hey, our margins are so thin that we have to raise prices at stores. And it's kind of this, it, it's a phenomenon that happens across all businesses, really. But I mean, you can see it in those comparisons. This margin gets too thin. It's like we have to raise the price because our co- or what we're charging isn't enough to offset what it's costing us per gallon, yeah. right? And obviously, fuel isn't their money maker, but they doesn't want to be a loss leader either. Exactly. Good, good, good line there. Loss leader. All right. Next chart here. Uh, 
<clears throat> you can pull this up on, on, a, on a U.S. map. <laughs> I love doing this because it allows you to see where the cheapest fuel is. And, and as you get further away from this central, central Texas or Texas and central Oklahoma, you see fuel prices start to increase slowly the further out you get. And of course, competing for the highest fuel markets in the U.S., we have the Northeast and we have California. Yep. But I believe Fresno is going to be the winner today at an average of 566. Yeah. Some of those are the highest tax states on that fuel too, right? That's why, like, you look up in Maine and areas like that, it's not as high as what it is in New York. Well, it's some of that is difference in taxes in the two. Like, the actual fuel price is close, but it is, like you said, it's New York and it's California. Yep. Highest prices. Yep. So, but when we come back, Tony, we're going to jump in, look at some, some data on dry vans. Awesome stuff. Thank you, Donnie. As always, right now, we'll hand it over to Thomas Boston with a look at this morning's headlines. 